Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all of your support. At MyPillow, we not only have pillows, but we have hundreds of products, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We're offering the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have this exclusive offer on the standard size My Pillows, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. We also have the queen size My Pillows, regularly $79.98, now only $24.98 with your promo code. And we have the king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with your promo code. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RENEGADE or call 800-889-6817 to receive this exclusive offer. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. All you got to do is dial in at 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. It's the day after Thanksgiving. By the way, we're here throughout the holidays every single day. Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whatever other holidays are in there, you're going to hear us live every single night because that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. The phones are open always where you can bring up whatever is on your mind. There's a lot to talk about tonight. Got some crypto-related headlines. We we haven't talked about the Bitcoin City uh, thing yet. Plus, Chris, you're going to tell us about Sweden is looking to ban Bitcoin mining entirely. Now, they're going to be following in the footsteps of China because China has already done that. In fact, they've gone even further and banned pretty much all Bitcoin-related business. Yeah, I don't know if they're actually going to do it, but that's, I think, what's being proposed. So Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know. Do we introduce ourselves? I, I, nope. Okay, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. Okay, so <laughs> let's start out with some crypto stuff, and then on the way we can talk. Uh, again, there's all kinds of stuff in the news. Oh, uh, there's apparently a big new variant. It's very scary of COVID, or at least they want you to be scared of it. Uh, it's called Omicron, and apparently Joe Biden has banned travel from seven African nations as a result of this new variant. So we can talk about that, too, because if you remember, during the Trump administration in 2020, Trump got a raft of S for banning travel from several Middle Eastern nations. He was called a racist uh, by people on the left for that. So is Trump going to be or is uh, Biden going to be called a racist for I, banning people from African nations from coming in? Yeah, it's interesting that some countries have like a quarantine period. Like, why why would you ban as opposed to just maybe quarantine? If, I mean, if you're going to do anything, like you think the less extreme step would just be to quarantine. Yeah, they went straight to a ban, and, and that's because, ooh, new variant, very scary. So if you want to weigh in on any of these things, you're welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. When you get a chance, Chris, pull up that story. We'll, we'll jump into it after El Salvador, which has been in the news 
quite a bit uh, for the world of Bitcoin in the last few months. It was, I think, the beginning of September when El Salvador began ex- uh, sort of uh, accepting, not just accepting, but announcing that Bitcoin would be a legal tender. I think it hasn't been in the news enough. I think it's like an odd thing that people have just kind of forgotten about it. But I'm not on well, Twitter. it's been in the Bitcoin news. Anymore. It's been in the Bitcoin news. A story like that isn't going to get much more than a quick blurb in North American mainstream media. Well, then, so how is it doing? Like, I know that it had a rough start. Yes, it did. Their government wallet did not work correctly, which is what you would expect from anything that the government is behind, because government pretty much fails at everything that it tries to do um honestly i've not heard any updates since the the first say 30 days so i don't know if things have gotten better there with the government situation or not we know that they have the ability to mandate that businesses accept bitcoin however it may be that they are not actually mandating it on some businesses for instance you know elderly people that might be you know running a some sort of a small business that just aren't interested in having any kind of technology uh you know at their cash register well i'm interested in things like that like are they going to mandate it but i'm also interested like are the average uh is the average person okay with this now because i know mm. they were um there were some protesters protesting were, it yeah, there were people who understandably were upset about not so much bitcoin but the mandate yeah. mm. of, uh, of Bitcoin. Are more people using it now? These are great questions, Bonnie. Uh, I would recommend that you look them up because <laughs> I have no idea. Like I said, I haven't heard anything uh, since like the first month. I haven't been following it closely. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting to me, but there's just so much in the news. Again, the number here, if you want to weigh in, maybe you have the answers to Bonnie's question, 603-283-6160. But the government gang in El Salvador has been busy when it comes to Bitcoin. They've been buying it. They've been taking taxpayer money and they've been buying Bitcoin and then holding it in whatever reserves in the hopes that Bitcoin is going to go up in price. And of course, over time, it seems like Bitcoin does tend to go upward in price. Now, recently, it has had a bit of a downturn. Uh, today, I believe it scraped almost as low as fifty-four thousand dollars per Sound, Bitcoin. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, I think it went from like fifty-seven, fifty-eight thousand to fifty-four from yesterday to today, and yeah. it was higher than sixty for like a week. Yeah, no, yeah, it was so. like two weeks ago. It was up around sixty-eight, I mean, sixty-seven, and, and that's the height of Bitcoin, like in the history of bitcoin Correct. Yeah, yeah it had all-time high yeah. maybe three weeks it's, ago it, honestly you know as far as bitcoin's concerned and the fact that it didn't go crash more than it did um kind of like it's i don't want to say it's surprising but it's good news because it means i i don't know i don't know if people know but are you guys aware that the uh, apparently the stock market crashed today? yeah i was, I was about no. to bring that up supposedly there was a huge stock market crash today and, and yeah. they're blaming mm. it on this new variant they said the variant's scaring oh. people so yeah, that okay. made the stock market crash so i was wondering if that might have anything to do with well if you as well and i don't know how badly it crashed but it sounds like it crashed pretty badly um from what i've overheard effectively and um it kind of it kind of makes you you think you know bitcoin you know some people got scared probably who don't understand bitcoin but everybody else stuck with it and of course, you know, it's sta- its value almost stayed the same. Um it it didn't it went down a little bit, but like in the scheme of things of like what we can expect Bitcoin to do, it it's not outside of its normal range like what yeah. you'd expect it to do on even like a daily or a weekly basis. Mm. Yeah, you made me curious as to this uh the stock market crash exactly how how bad was it? 
uh, today. I don't see any real, like, the headlines aren't shouting it. I mean, there's definitely stories about a crash, but it's not saying down 20% or mm. right, you know, right, whatever, right. Or whatever it was. So, again, if you, uh, you want to weigh in here, uh, the number is 603-283-6160. But besides just buying Bitcoin, what the government gang there in El Salvador is doing is they're planning on starting a city that they're calling Bitcoin City. And here's the story from Coindesk.com. It's the only country in which Bitcoin is legal tender, although that probably will change in the, the next year. Like I Brazil wants to do it, right? Was, I'm not sure. You know, I was thinking Brazil too, but I feel like Brazil would not be the country that would want to go that direction because they're very socialist. And if they, not Brazil, maybe Peru, but I think Brazil. I think you're right. I think it was Brazil, but it seems odd to me because it's 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 very, you know, most of the jobs are like government jobs that are in Brazil, mm. I think, something like mm. that. And um, it's, it's, it's held back significantly because of corruption and, you know. Yeah, that basically. So they're going to build an entire city, so they say, based on the largest cryptocurrency by market value, Bitcoin. President Naib Bukele told a raucous crowd on Saturday night at a presentation at Bitcoin Week in El Salvador. Bitcoin City, as it will be called apparently, will be located along the Gulf of Fonseca near a volcano. The government then plans on locating a power plant by the volcano to provide energy for both the city and Bitcoin mining, said the president. Now, why anyone would voluntarily move at the foot or the base of a volcano, I just don't understand. I mean, even if the property is dirt cheap, that seems really risky to me. Yeah, I I don't know if it's quite as risky as you think, but um, it it, it does seem... Tell that to Pompeii. As I understand it, um, well, <laughs> there are lots of yeah. volcanoes, though. Sure. I mean, yeah, and sometimes um, they go off. Yeah, I mean, but people live in Hawaii. And yeah, they I, was live, say, I mean, Hawaii. there's a lot of places people live that are volcanic. You know, even like Washington, you don't know that Mount St. Helens. I think it is isn't going to erupt. I mean, yeah, and if we start talking about like you know the more significant volcanoes, you know, like the whole almost all of the United States would be severely impacted if, if like Yellowstone went off or whatever. Mm. Um, so I don't know. And they say that someday it, it may very well do right. That, it's right? A, I think they say it's overdue if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. to go off. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't know how uh, bad, but it, yeah, it does. Um, I, I think the bigger problem, as I understand it, with uh, this this idea is that there's I think it's unproven. Like basically, in El Salvador, the that they can actually produce uh, electricity you know using the volcano the volcanoes like it's it's untested in that region i guess we're going to talk more about this because they got big plans how are they going to fund this thing uh is it going to be completely government owned private industry going to come in there's a little bit more detail about this coindesk.com has the story we'll share more of it with you and you can join us as well at 603-283-6160 plus hillary clinton is attacking bitcoin again we'll tell you more about that coming up on free talk live cryptocurrency well now's the time to start learning about it because first of all the price on bitcoin is down a little bit so if you're, you've been thinking about getting into crypto by the dip might be a good time to do it you know i i don't, I don't like to make predictions it could go down further you never know 
Uh, that's where dollar cost averaging comes into play, where you buy a little bit over time every week or uh, however often you can afford to do so. And then you don't worry about what the price is. You just keep converting that government money into cryptocurrency. And that works because... Uh, dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's an interesting website. Uh, if you, I don't know what it is offhand, but if you just search for dollar cost average Bitcoin, it's probably the first result. Yeah. And it's got a little calculator on it that shows you, you can look and say, oh, okay, well, if I bought $20 worth of Bitcoin for the last three years every week, what would that be worth today? Like, what would have been the the investment that I put in? And yeah. What would that be worth to do? And uh, I mean, pretty much, there's no way that you can lose so far in the last 13 years if you've done this. Now, again, the, the right. past performance is not indicative of what the future might hold. But it's the idea is people freak out a lot of times over the price of Bitcoin. So, for instance, Bonnie's sister's interested right now, from what I hear, in buying some Bitcoin. It's like, well. Even though the price is down, maybe you don't want to put all your savings or whatever it is you you, you can afford to lose, right? right? So you never put in what what you can't afford to lose. You don't always want to do it all at once because if you go ahead and let's say you got five grand saved up, you sink five grand in, you get roughly a tenth of a bitcoin for that amount, and then a you know three days later the price sinks down even further. You're gonna to want to you know shoot yourself over that. It's like, you're oh, you're man. gonna to want to sell to pay your rent, or you'll feel desperate about yeah, right, that. Right, right, yeah. Whereas of course we know that it's likely it seems based on the yeah. past again uh, that if you hold on, it'll probably come back up. Over right. Time. So, so it's basically and, the the overall projection is an upward trend, even though it goes down too sometimes. And so, the idea behind a dollar cost average is you just you just set a, a you kind of like set your clock to it or set it on your calendar, like to remind you, okay, this week buy Bitcoin, next week buy Bitcoin, next week buy Bitcoin. You just don't worry about what the price is. Just spend the extra money. Like if you could afford to lose, you know, fifty bucks a week, if you would normally like spend that on alcohol and pizza or whatever, you know, your coffee addiction or whatever it is that you're into and you can afford to just forego that and you put it into cryptocurrency, then you're just acquiring some small amount over time and you're accumulating and if indeed the price of this stuff trends upward over time, over you'll, years, you'll do fine. Yep. In fact, you'll do very very well yep. if the past holds up. I, I don't know if that's the best ex- explanation of dollar cost averaging, but yeah. that's um, my, the, the best website I can do. I, I thought it was the- pretty good. Yeah. You can use this website as dcabtc.com. That's so the one. dcabtc as in bitcoin.com. Yeah. And that one only looks at Bitcoin BTC. Obviously, there are many other choices out there. But go to bitcoin.com and click get started at the top of the page. And they will help you understand the basics about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Uh, and you'll understand some of the, like what's important to know. Like what's decentralization all about? What is it that makes cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash different from government monies that we've had for generations? And why is this better? So head over to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started, or just go to their news site if you want to get the latest news headlines over at news.bitcoin.com. In fact, that story that I'm going to tell you about Hillary Clinton attacking Bitcoin is from Bitcoin.com's news site. So we'll get into that coming up here in moments. But right now, Coindesk.com telling us about the Bitcoin city, according to the dictator of El Salvador. Now, he's supposedly an elected person, but there's a lot of people that are not happy with you know, <laughs> this guy and, and how he's been stripping away various different sort of uh, rights and systems in, in El Salvador. But according to him, 
Bitcoin City will be a full-fledged metropolis with residential and commercial areas, restaurants, an airport, as well as a port and rail service. The city will be laid out in a circle, like a coin, and in the city center will be a plaza that will be host to a huge Bitcoin symbol. The city will have no income, property, capital gains, or payroll taxes. So... Well, and why is that? Because I think they want to attract Bitcoin people there. Hmm. You know, it, it sounds fanciful to me, but um, I, I, I don't know. You know, it's like it's one of these things where it's like, I don't think it's I, I don't think that's necessarily an impossible thing to occur. It's just that it need, it would need to be privatized. Right. It would all need to be done in private hands, not government coming in. Right. Because if it's government that decides what goes where, then it's going to be just an absolute mess. Yeah. It's going to be way more expensive, of course, than they're planning on it going to be, and it's going to just be a bureaucratic nightmare to try to uh, you know, jump through whatever hoops you need to jump through to get a house built or get your business located there. So you know, consider me pretty skeptical about, <laughs> yeah. uh, about Bitcoin City. However, if they don't botch this up, if they do as you're suggesting, Chris, and they actually you know take their government hands off of this thing and let some private people somehow organize this thing i don't know how that would look i don't know what that would be like because it's already sounding centrally controlled well it's going to be a circle yeah you know yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but on the other hand if they do actually hold to their promise here that there'll be no income property capital gains or payroll taxes now i don't know what so obviously there could be a sales tax in there right so Mm -hmm. like what are what are some of the taxes that they can go ahead and and implement if they can't do those specific four uh, I suspect they will be doing that. But if they actually do successfully implement no income tax, no property tax, etc., no, no capital taxes. gains, <laughs> uh, if they can do that, then they effectively have what our co-host Mark Edge has been looking for for the last several years, which is one of these economic zones, one of these spe- special economic zones. Now, my biggest critique of the special economic zone has been, well, how can you trust a government to honor its word? You know, you can't. that's the whole idea behind the special economic zone is it's, oh, well, we're not going to have all the normal taxes on this one you know, pot of land. And I think that that's um, a little less of a concern if it's the government's idea. Like in this in this case, it seems like that's what the president or whatever he has wants to do. I mean, the problem so. is, what are they not telling you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, and what uh, happens when it's a different president? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean change. this is this is one of the things with these special economic zones. You you get you migrate from one uh president to another, from one regime to another. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're you're good under one regime, but then the next regime comes in and then you're no longer good and it's like unless you have your own army to protect you, uh you know, your own defense forces, you know, it, you're you can't defend against the new right. regime. If, come in and take what they right, want. If I was allowed to, you know, not pay taxes and have all my friends who were into crypto move to one place, I would pretty quickly want to start, you know, getting that kind of stuff together. Defense, you mean? When you say that kind of stuff, what do you mean? Yeah, like defense, security, stuff like that. So, I mean, it would be a lot easier to do that without taxes in the way. I, you know, it's That's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's the what's the country next to El Salvador? Honduras. Mm. Yeah. I think on, on Honduras, the security is supposedly being left up to the in their special economic zones, up to the people who start that special economic zone. I guess that's what you would expect. Um, right, right. And I, but I am curious as to like what level of armory are they going to allow you to have? Like, can you bring in your own planes and tanks and things like that, or is it just like small arms? 
So they have a plan here on funding for this thing. We'll get into that coming up here in moments. If you want to weigh in on the thought on Bitcoin City, the plan down in El Salvador, you're welcome to join us here. It's Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. circular city that will have at its apparently core a uh, a center plaza with a huge bitcoin symbol the thing i like about it being a circle is supposedly according to mythology that's what atlantis was like Hmm. yeah well there are definitely some circular uh, cities out there some people do say that it's a fairly good organizational structure but the problem is when government makes choices for you know, the market, they usually end up failing. And so this could be a total disaster. But on the other hand, they are saying a city will have no income, no property tax, no capital gains or payroll taxes. So obviously they are Hmm. looking to get people to move to this place from outside of El Salvador. It definitely sounds too good to be true. (laughs) It does. It does. So we're definitely going to, I'm sure we're going to hear more about this as it develops. We'll get into uh, more details here. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. I do want to say thank you to Dale, who is a Free Talk Live supporter. She's using the AMPS program to become a gold-level AMP over at uh, amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It's a way to help advertise, market, and support uh, Free Talk Live and promote us as well to help get the ideas of liberty on more radio stations, more people's internet connections. So if you like what we do, you can join Dale over at amps.freetalklive.com. You get some cool perks, and all we ask for is five bucks a month. She's doing at least ten. So thank you, Dale, uh, for that. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Chris here. Uh, back to the story here from CoinDesk. So the president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, said that El Salvador plans on issuing, here's how they're going to fund this, a $1 billion Bitcoin bond, a tokenized financial instrument developed by Blockstream, which is a company that a lot of people have been critical of when it comes to their developments on the the Bitcoin network. They're the people who've been promoting this, I'm not going to call it dead in the water, but... uh, less than i would say for at least to me interesting lightning network there's a lot of people oh those who, guys yeah. yeah that's them a lot of people are really into this lightning network thing and it's yeah. still in in my opinion isn't ready for prime time and it's there's a lot of really good critiques of it like that it's centralized it just seems so and, unnecessary and that it's unnecessary and it's been taking years and it's not even real bitcoin it's like off-chain transactions that are that are issued or taken dealt with by centralized entities central servers uh it, it enters into a lot of problems. But anyway, those you are know, the people. What hasn't been taking years and what doesn't have a whole lot of problems and 
uh, doesn't have a lot of fees is just Bitcoin Cash. Dash, Bitcoin Cash, Monero, uh, so many options out there that are, exist and are easy to use, and you don't have to get any kind of crazy, you know, lightning. Yeah, I think stuff. I think Bitcoin Cash and Monero are probably the two. The two that are like Bitcoin Cash, you know, it's accepted everywhere, and and Monero for like, it, you know, the privacy aspect of it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so here's what they plan on doing: though they want to issue this one billion dollar Bitcoin bond, and of that amount, half of it, five hundred million, will be used to construct energy and Bitcoin mining infrastructure in the Bitcoin city, and another five hundred million will be used to buy even more Bitcoin. At the cryptocurrency's recent trading price of about 59000 as of today, it's around 54 that would bring the country's treasury stash to about 9,500 Bitcoins. Because, again, they've been buying Bitcoins for the last several months uh, and holding on to them. I, I still have to wonder, like, how are they going to pay the bond back? It's not If it's not through taxes, is it going to be through the Bitcoin hopefully going up? Maybe that's they're the investing. Plan. I mean, it sounds like a gamble. I mean, it it's doesn't... It's a gamble. It, it, it sounds like one that's likely to work out, but yep. it's it's interesting. It's bullish on Bitcoin. It's definitely well, bullish on Bitcoin, yeah. Maybe they're not just holding on to the Bitcoin. Maybe they're putting it into a liquidity pool and, you know, getting a loan back well, and mm-hmm. no, earning I, more on be. it. I, I will say they are trying to get people to use it, and that does increase demand, and demand does cause it to go up. So, yeah. I mean, I can't there, blame them too much it's here. It's an but, interesting proposal, yeah. right? Like, okay, so you're actually going to fund this through a bond instead of taxing people right a bond is optional right like if you want to support this bond you can buy into it isn't that the idea (laughs) i don't know bonnie i don't know if they're going to restrict this to people in el salvador only i suspect this will be sold to anyone because yeah but don't doesn't the bond usually get paid back through taxes through tax collection when when the city takes it out as you said they're not going to be collecting taxes from bitcoin city purportedly Right. So, so the only other source would be other income, like the, either the, well, the city owns. Well, tax the rest of it. Well, no, as you said earlier, something. they own, the the government owns Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So they're going to spend five hundred million dollars of this bond to buy more Bitcoin, mm. then hold on to it in the hopes that does, it goes does, up. Is that what the article actually says their plan is, or is it? Yes, it actually. does. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I was thought I thought that was speculation on our part. Okay, so they that's interesting. Well, actually, they get into a little more about this bond here. Uh, so El Salvador intends to create a securities law and grant a license to Bitfinex Securities to process the issuance, said Blockstream in a press release. Samson Mao, Blockstream's chief strategy officer, told the audience that the $1 billion in tokenized bonds will be 10-year and U.S. dollar denominated and will pay 6.5% initially. Following a lockup period of five years, El Salvador will start to sell its cryptocurrency holdings and pay an added dividend to bondholders, he said. By the time 10 years have elapsed, the annual percentage yield will be 146%. Now, how he can know that, I, I'm not really clear, because uh, if this depends on the price of Bitcoin going up, then maybe it won't be. Wouldn't it be? I feel from. like it'd be way more in 10 years. Well, who knows what they're saying here. I, but most Of course, said, I can't know. I'm just saying, if yeah. I was just supposed to guess, and how else would he know? Well, Other than a clearly guess. they're not going to give all the revenue back to the bondholders, I guess. They're going to keep some of it for themselves if they're going to specify what they're going to give back to the bondholders. Mo said, based on Blockstream models predicting the price of Bitcoin... Okay, so that's... Speculation, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, so they're speculating that it's going to be... They're speculating specifically that it will hit $1 million within the next five years. Oh, okay. I was I was thinking something totally different because... 
bitcoins at like 55,000 rand now, let's say, yeah. and 140% of that is a lot less than a million. So, okay, they do have actual faith in Bitcoin going they up. Do. I was a little confused. And by using 500 million of the proceeds to buy Bitcoin and lock it up for five years, El Salvador is hoping that by taking so much of the cryptocurrency out of circulation for so long, that it will help to contribute to Bitcoin's price appreciation. Well, now let's be clear. $500 million of Bitcoin isn't really a whole lot of Bitcoin, right? But, yeah. I mean, it's something that will be publicly known that it's locked down and it's still a True. big chunk. So maybe that will help, like, faith. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to hurt. Certainly the the little... The the more Bitcoin there is in circulation, or the, the less Bitcoin there is, the fewer Bitcoin there are in circulation. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the, the more likely that the price will appreciate. So keeping the supply low in that particular case... Uh, but five hundred million dollars, you you know, let's call it, let's say they get them at uh, at fifty five thousand dollars a piece. I mean, that's that's around nine thousand Bitcoin. I mean, no doubt that's a lot of Bitcoin. But the total amount of Bitcoin out there is eighteen or nineteen million Bitcoin. So I mean, all things considered, five hundred million dollars worth of it is kind of a drop in the bucket as far as the entirety of all Bitcoin that's out there. But, but regardless... Instead of just being 9 million, or 9,000, is that what you said? Roughly 9,000 Bitcoin. Yeah. 9,000 Bitcoin just in some random people's wallets floating around that nobody knows the story of it. It'll be Bitcoin that people know as far as they trust the El sure. Salvadoran government. If El Salvador doesn't screw this up, they're going to be one of the wealthiest nations on Earth, that's I bet. That's the interesting thing. <laughs> in crazy. a few years. And yeah. meanwhile, <clears throat> our... Or our, sorry, not our, but the people that call themselves government in the landmass known as the United States, they're trying to make like huge restrictions on cryptocurrency and they, right. they're not trying to be actually um you they're know grow welcoming. wealth yeah they're not friendly it, uh, they don't want you know crypto businesses yeah. here el salvador it's doesn't so have an interest in uh they're using the u.s dollars so they don't have their own they currency their therefore own. they don't have this interest in, in fighting it yep. yeah i mean i don't like governments okay uh and i certainly don't like this guy i think he's probably a you know a scumbag but this is an interesting experiment there's it more is. coming up free talk live if you want to join us here on free talk live you're invited the number is 603-283-6160 coming up Hillary Clinton on the attack again against Bitcoin. I mean, you know Bitcoin has made it when people like Hillary are actually speaking its name in just disgust. She hates Bitcoin. <laughs> and Trump and Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. All those people. Them. All of them. I think the, hate you know, Bitcoin. Has Biden said anything about Bitcoin? I don't even Well, I don't with know. his new infrastructure bill. Yeah, but that's he didn't write it. Well, true. So, uh, I, I mean, did they actually speak about Bitcoin? Because she, sure. she, she has been. She has been. If Bitcoin was a person, I think they would be at the point of getting elected. Hmm. Because it's always the people we hate that get elected to office, right? So, and especially the people at the top. But I like Bitcoin. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, like but Bitcoin. I don't know if that's it's a good true. analogy. It's true. Maybe not. <laughs> well, well, I'm just thinking all of the haters. There are a lot of haters out there. Though. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I it don't know. It just means that Bitcoin is making it. Yeah, that's, Bitcoin... that's, that's kind of what I was trying to say. It's the like... thing is, I don't know any regular people who are haters. They either don't understand it. Right. Or don't know anything about it. Like, they've never heard of it at all. Or they like it. Yeah, um, I think I saw numbers recently that actually a surprising number of people, three out of four or something like that, yep. in the United States have heard of it. So we're getting past the, that point of, you know, it's not just in the initial phases of people not even hearing about it. People have heard about it, but I think you're right, Bonnie. A lot of people don't know anything about it. I, you know, just know the number can go up. There's, there's definitely a population out there that I think has a real hatred towards it. And yeah, politicians I, and bankers. Yeah, politicians, yeah, but bankers. Not real people. Bankers. Is why I said that. I, I think there's there's people on the left that that really hate it too, and it's it's. I've always find it. I always find it interesting because it's like they they read the head. It's almost like they read the headlines and then they just assume it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's like a lot of the stuff in the headlines is just not not true. Oh, you mean like the claim that Bitcoin's going to ruin the environment? Yeah, like that yeah, claim? particularly that claim. Yeah. So so stupid. When you can just be like, oh, there's you know airplanes out there flying people just to go visit their family so they don't have to drive not that i think that that's a problem but when you can just be like you know asleep not even caring about that but then you think bitcoin is going to destroy the environment like you're just so easily tricked can't even describe it any other way and and we're going to get into that because that i think ties into the story you're going to bring up here chris oh yeah Uh, sweden is actually the government gang there is actually talking about banning bitcoin mining and I had not heard this story, but when you brought it up before the show, I said, oh, is it because of the supposed environmental effects? Well, yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> this is interesting. So this is this is what the authority. So it's not I, I don't think this is actually a bill that's being proposed, but this is a uh, the authorities is, is the way they phrase it in the story. And this is, uh, by the way, this is from Euronews.next. And the title of the story is Europe must ban Bitcoin mining to hit the 1.5 C Paris climate goal, says Swedish regulators. Wow. Yeah. So. Oh, they want all of Europe to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Faced with a sharp rise in energy consumption, Swedish authorities are calling on the European Union to ban energy intensive crypto mining. Wow. Eric uh, Thedin, director of the Swedish Financial Supervisory Authority, and Bjorn. <laughs> I have no idea. Bjorn. How to is it Bjorn? Bjorn, I believe, is how it's Bjorn, pronounced. Bjorn. I'm okay. not an expert. Bjorn, uh, I'll, I'll go with that that uh, that, that, that that usage. Bjorn Reisinger, <laughs> uh, director of the Swedish Environmental Protection Agency, said cryptocurrencies' mm. rising energy usage is threatening Sweden's ability to meet its obligations under the Paris Climate Agreement. And and this is this is really kind of funny considering that they're basically uh i i don't i don't recall exactly what it is but it's basically all environmentally friendly like all of their energy is coming from environmentally uh, environmentally friendly sources like hydro and wind okay. and um geothermal that's that's what it was uh geothermal so it's they're not like they're not using coal and you know all of these non-renewable sources uh so it's 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 kind of like well how is this gonna hurt prevent you from meeting your you know your paris climate agreement well i'm guessing again i don't know anything about the paris climate agreement because honestly i don't care what they what they think what they want yeah Uh, but i presume there's some sort of goal to reduce or eliminate reliance on things like coal 
and natural gas or, or whatever. Except that at least Sweden is not using those things you're saying that's not at all right they're not they're already not on they're not they're, they're already not burning coal they're, well then maybe there's some sort of goal to reduce the number of kilowatt hours or megawatt hours or whatever that yeah. the country uses just have people turn off know. the lights I, even though it's but it doesn't renewable? but it doesn't actually help as far as like you know saving the environment so to speak i don't know anyway let's keep reading uh between april and august well, this just year because you think that doesn't mean that that's what they believe right like these people just want they literally want people living in well, the dark here's what, what i think want. here's my speculation my speculation is this is not an environmental thing and they're just using the environment as an excuse to cover. try and yeah to cover uh to ban bitcoin well yeah well if you think about it it's a smart thing for the for the government gang to do right, right. so i mean if they want to attack it yeah crypt, right and they do because it's a threat to them it absolutely is and so that's why they're attacking it but cryptocurrency like bitcoin and again not all of them are using the same type of mining so this wouldn't affect like proof of stake coins or whatever necessarily um but bitcoin is not political okay just by, by itself it's just a way to put the power of money into an individual's hands and that can benefit obviously libertarians see the benefit in that because we see the wider picture of this can actually undermine the state and the state's money and the bankers money and all that stuff but like a leftist could see this as a way to empower communities right Uh, like sorry a a leftist could see this as a way to empower a community right because that's big on the left right like oh our community we can have our own community coin and and uh, it can be a local thing and it's not necessarily like a leftist thing to be in favor of government money necessarily and neither is it a righty thing right so no, it's definitely not so either this is something that everybody no matter what their political perspective is unless they are actually working for the federal reserve or some other central bank can get behind and so this exactly. is a way yeah. for them to undermine that with the left specifically by saying oh yep. you might like this bitcoin idea but it's hurting the environment you know yep. I, I think the only thing that makes it you know something that the left doesn't support is has to do with you know either it's the authorities are telling them not to like it right sure um and they're kind of brainwashed or two um they're dependent on the authorities having that power in order to do things like take money from one person and give it to another Mm -hmm. right i I just feel like that's only the the you know the most intelligent left wing person is thinking the second way that you explained well because like i said i it, to me it doesn't seem from a to me from a left-wing perspective i i, I don't it, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me because it it only benefits us all, right? Yeah. It only benefits the poor. It benefits everybody. Yes. So this idea that like like the left, I would think the left would the people on the left would support it, right? Me too. Um, but which is why they're trying to undermine it with this attack because oh, it's going to hurt the environment. Yeah. That's what so, it's been since you know they made uh, Elon Musk take back his decision to accept Bitcoin or whatever it was, and then he said, "Oh, I'll take it when it's." more environmentally friendly or whatever he said mm-hmm. um that's been the the entire mo of the media since um elon musk made it you know jump in popularity recently yeah it, to, to me this is the whole environmental thing just sounds like uh nonsense because it's, it's nonsense it, the, the total of bitcoin like as far as the the amount of power that bitcoin yeah. mining uses actually lower i saw I, we looked this up a little yep, while yep. back it was earlier this year uh, it is lower than the amount of power or you know energy consumed uh, mining gold, 
Mm. And it's lower also than the amount of energy consumed running the banking system. Right, <laughs> of course. And of course, we wouldn't need them all at the same time. So and the banking system could just go away. The yeah, math, shut that down instead. The, the math that these people are doing to say it's environmentally uh, harmful is actually misleading because it's of like it is. It, it, it's not taking into account like the transact. It's not really it's not a transact a per transaction cost. It, it was how much it cost to mine that Bitcoin, but they're then taking it like for every transaction. They're using that amount for every transaction, which isn't really how that works. That's confusing. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's, I think it's very confusing. But, uh, look, there is a fair amount of power being poured into this, no doubt about it. It is, but it's, most of it is in the initial creation of the Bitcoin, but then that can, that can be transferable from one person to another, to another, to another. So it's not... It's not that per transaction cost, you know, environmentally isn't really what they're they're, they're saying it is. But regardless, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. Know, I'll go ahead and give you this, right? Like there's a lot of power being used to mine Bitcoin. It is a power consuming activity. You start doing Bitcoin mining, your power bill's going to go up. And that when has anybody ever attacked like Instagram or Facebook for using well, power? Well, hold on, hold on. There's, right. there's another problem with their argument, right? So it, you actually need cheap electricity. And where do you get cheap electricity? It's it's where there's more generating power uh, than is uh, demanded by, you know, by the, is otherwise, it's it's excess power, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's power that's not being utilized, that's already being produced effectively. So it doesn't actually hurt the environment the way they're thinking it does. Correct. Uh, there's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And yeah, as Bonnie pointed out, what about these other huge industries and the power that those use? No one has ever criticized any of these other groups it's only bitcoin that gets attacked for this Mm. we're coming up is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy my name is jeremy west and for a limited time i am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings the simple way to deal with your negative thinking the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns and so much more no more feeling like a failure who will never find true love No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. 603283 uh, where is the source of, on this one, by the way, Chris? This was Euronews.next. Euronews.next. Before we continue with that, I did pull up the numbers because I didn't have them in front of me in the last segment of just how much power does Bitcoin mining use as compared to the banking system? Because mm. this is something I've always just said on the air, just just figured out loud, like, hmm, 
calculate all the banking locations, every branch, every processing yeah. center. Yeah, you don't need <laughs> every- a whole building, you know, uh, that has lights on all day. And computers and lights and yeah, ATMs yeah, yeah. and, you know, you name it, all the, co- you know, all the people that they've got to have on life support or whatever, right? Like all these bankers that they have to, you know, have space for. They got to heat that space. Just how many right? banks are mm-hmm. in your own town? Yes. And so it's it's uh, it seems like it's almost impossible to calculate this number just because there's so many banks and right. so many places and so many people. But somebody took a crack at it. A report from Galaxy Digital, according to Nasdaq.com. You know, you've heard of Nasdaq, right? Nasdaq.com. Uh, they had a report that came out, and this was coming, uh, let's see, May of this year. So this isn't old numbers. This is pretty recent. Including, okay, they've calculated the energy consumed by the Bitcoin network and compared it to other industries, including the banking industry. It found that Bitcoin consumes 113.89 terawatt hours of power every year while the banking industry consumes 263.72 so the banking industry globally consumes more than twice what it costs to run the bitcoin network yeah and it's something interesting to note too is actually the cost the energy consumed goes I want to say it goes down or it, it uh, goes down isn't quite the right word, but it sort of goes down. It does go down like on a per transaction basis, the more it's used. So mm-hmm. it, it's actually very misleading, like to say that it's it's it, it doesn't it's not going to it won't scale like as it scales up. It doesn't actually utilize significantly more energy. <laughs> That so. much is true, although Bitcoin isn't scaling because of the failure of the Bitcoin programmers. Well, <laughs> they, they're kind of maxed out at like seven transactions per second, roughly. I, I thought it did go up. It just no, no, okay, no, they haven't done anything with it that. It certainly can go up. They just have it to could. make some changes. Yeah, and it would just be a code change, <laughs> right? It right, be a power consumption. Right, right. The other thing that's worth pointing out about this, and we'll continue with what the Sweden, you know, news is here in a moment. But the other thing that's worth pointing out is when there's a demand on a product. That product gets developed, right? Like people are going to put money into developing that product. And in the case of Bitcoin, the demand is efficient mining, uh, not a, not just software, but hardware. Yeah. So you want your so- you want your hardware to be specific to mining. That's why Bitcoin isn't it's not mined on computers anymore, like your standard desktop or laptop computer. You can't do that with Bitcoin. You've got to have a specific piece of hardware called an ASIC that is designed to mine. Bitcoin. It goes That's inside it the computer, right? Nope. It's its own device. Oh. It's its own device. I always thought it like, went into the computer. Nope. You plug it into a power supply and you configure it through whatever the network. Or I'm not, I've never set one of these up, but I know that, you know that they exist. So these things are getting more efficient over time, right? Because you want them to be more efficient because you want to maximize the yield that the potential yield that you can get for every kilowatt hour that you're spending. Yeah, you want to maximize your profits. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> there's a huge development, you know, money is being put into this, right? So you want to find ways to get a res- certainly renewable resources if you can because you don't want to pay the power company for this. So there's going to be a drive towards more so uh you know, solar and more uh, other sor- sorts of power, you know, uh, water power, etc. that could run these mining farms. The volcano the that mining, the right. Bitcoin the, the, city. The mining the mining farms actually go where there is excess power and where there's excess Correct. power the prices are the lowest. So yes. it really, you know, <laughs> 
it makes absolutely no sense to yeah. make this environmental argument. It's straight up propaganda and it's fear mongering and that's yeah. what it is. But let's Wait, hear more about Did I miss that that they're going to use the volcano to mine Bitcoin or In Bitcoin City? That's the plan. I didn't know well, that was part of the plan. I guess I missed so, that part. <laughs> they they generate electricity from the volcano and then they mine the oh, Bitcoin okay. electricity. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I can it's, it's only imagine how you would use a volcano to mine Bitcoin <laughs> directly, but be cool. It yeah. would be cool. Yeah, so between April and August this year, the energy consumption of Bitcoin mining in the Nordic country rose several hundred percent and now consumes the equivalent of electricity of 200,000 households. So, And that's actually a good thing because, again, Sweden is one of the countries that has not all of Sweden, but in the places that they're actually mining Bitcoin, um, it, they have excess electricity. It's cheap and it's like renewable types of sources. So... Hmm. Well, okay. I will. I will say this. It's not yeah. always true. For instance, there was a New York town that had like a hydroelectric dam, yep. and they had a certain number of kilowatt hours or megawatt hours or whatever that mm-hmm. that dam would generate on a monthly basis. Sure. And somebody came in and set up a big Bitcoin mining operation in that town and mm-hmm. gobbled up a ton of those, you know, hours basically. And so what happens once they use all that up? Yeah is the townspeople then have to go and buy the, the power from other power companies right. nearby and pay premiums so, for that. And so the townspeople were pissed yeah. mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, I mean, the thing the thing with that, though, is, though, the that company isn't going to continue to mine Bitcoin there. And the reason for that is because the cost goes up, mm-hmm. right? So it, it kind of caps it, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, I, I do understand that the, the cost did go up as a result, but it's also true that that it, they also ended up capping it so i don't know it's, it's one of these things where it's like okay it's true so basically what they needed to do is they needed to reduce their mining operation in that town a little bit so that the price comes down to where it's not using up all electricity and then move some of those that mining gear to a, another town that yeah. has excess if i had a huge bitcoin mining operation i just would be nowhere near new york no doubt about it, sure. but I think they were attracted there because they'd heard, oh, you can get four cents per kilowatt hour oh, right. if you go into this town. I mean, the, the problem is you kind of have to spread it out, especially if you're going to be going uh, you know, and having big operations in areas that have only a small amount of excess you know, electricity, right? Well, one of the other problems is governments run and or give monopolies to these power systems, and so that's one of the issues here is... The town was socializing the costs of power across the entire city. Mm. And that's not fair to the other people that live in that town to have this Bitcoin company come in and just suck up all the available hydroelectric power. And then they have to pay more. So I get why they were upset. But that's a system problem. That's a, that's a yeah. problem of the system, a problem of the monopoly system that this government is I forcing mean, on people. Yeah, and, and there's there's other, there are certainly ways to solve that problem. Um, and just as an example, uh, most places have a commercial rate and then yeah. they have a residential rate. I'm not or, saying this is the best solution. I'm just saying there are solutions yes. to these problems. Yeah, and if it was like a private company that wasn't government regulated or whatever, they could probably put in custom solutions for companies like yeah. this. Like, oh, what are you going to be using our power for? Oh, you're going to do Bitcoin mining. Well, here's your tiers. If you do this amount, you're going to pay this amount. If you do this amount, you're going to pay this amount. And here's the other thing that's interesting about this is the price goes up, but there's usually the you don't have to run a mining rig 24 7 right when you end up with a um, situation where there is more demand you can 
decrease the mining operation, mm-hmm. right? And that will also solve uh, those problems almost certainly. So I, it's 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 they just need to kind of work together to figure out. Okay, well, when is it okay to mine? Because you can give us a better, and you might be able to get a better deal. Like maybe you can get it down to two cents, you know, as opposed to paying the four the normal four cents that people are paying off peak, right? Basically. But you're only allowed to do it, all, or you can only get it at that rate off peak, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And and thus you've already incentivized the the mining companies to reduce their demand during the hours in which you know it's not in excess so to speak right you're going to tell us more about what's going on in sweden where there are some of these environmentalist people are now demanding that all of europe ban bitcoin mining and that is a very scary idea because it means that bitcoin mining would then be like a prohibited activity and you would then have people being raided there would yep. then be police raids on people's homes. And they might have a heart attack right after the police raid. Of course, that'll absolutely happen at some point if enough of the raids happen. And if you don't think it'll happen, it actually does happen in Venezuela. So this, there's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. attack on bitcoin by people in europe saying oh it's too expensive to or the mining costs too much power we need to ban it is what they're actually saying in sweden they want all of europe the entire european union to ban bitcoin mining we're going to dig in further into that with you tonight by the way it's ian it's bonnie and chris now they're not every cryptocurrency is what they call proof of work which is what bitcoin is and that requires all this you know money and uh power to go into uh to mining not all of them are that way uh now intercoin we don't really know what the final form of intercoin is going to be you know there's a lot of speculation in the world of cryptocurrency and intercoin is definitely in that's in that speculative phase but they've got an interesting vision you can learn more about it over at intercoin.org they came out with their intercoin investor token and it is now available on a centralized and a decentralized exchange. There's xmarkets.com, which is probably the easiest way to get your hands on some ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. exmarkets.com. All you need is an email address to sign up over at xmarkets. And you can keep your privacy intact. They don't require know-your-customer hoops in order for you to trade there. So you can deposit dozens of different cryptos, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then use your Tether to buy ITR over at xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com. It is on Uniswap. Uh, You can also uh, get the Uniswap link over at intercoin.org. You might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world with Intercoin. That's intercoin.org. So, uh, again, the number here is 603-283-6160. And, Chris, you're telling us about a story from Europe and specifically Swedish bureaucrats or whoever are demanding that the eu ban bitcoin mining tell me more yeah so this is basically there this was uh this this kind of outcry is a an open letter the director of sweden's top financial and environmental regulators called for an eu-wide ban on proof of work cryptocurrency mining for sweden to halt the establishment of new crypto mining operations and for companies that trade and invest in crypto assets to be prohibited from describing their business activities as environmentally sustainable huh. i mean wow i i don't i don't necessarily know that it's not environmentally sustainable i mean it's it's 
there's i mean that all depends on in theory the source of the, the energy power. right yeah. so um if you are only operating uh you know your mining rigs uh below a certain threshold in places like maybe hydro uh where there's an excess mm-hmm. or an abundance of electricity and you're only consuming what is not being needed uh it, it shouldn't really be that environmentally unsustainable but you see you had said earlier that Sweden is almost all sustainable, if not all sustainable, you know, natural yeah. types of energy. Yeah, that's correct. And that's not enough for these people. I think I, I know what it is. It's just that they have their own currency. They want to, you know, that's stamp out crypto. Yeah, yeah, they're not telling you that, but that's the underlying uh, <laughs> spot on right there. Yeah, they, they don't even use the euro. They have... Uh, Corona in Sweden, yeah. but the Euro- the European Union regulators in the European Union uh, financial regulators for the euro also are anti crypto. Of course they are, you know, and and they're bringing up. I don't, I don't know, know if I've what's heard good them for them, and Bitcoin ain't good for them. I, I I don't know that they've brought up the environmental aspect of it as an argument in anything, but they are certainly against it. You know, there's so many reasons. You know, they they can they always throw they that can out there. Try and bring up to hate on something that doesn't necessarily make those arguments sound. And this is an unsound argument. Is is just what it comes down to, I think. But there are no arguments anymore. There's just the media reports something, and people they adopt that it. as their opinion and beliefs yeah and that seems to be what i've seen um that and the other thing that i think i've seen are basically people who respond uh you know pointing out the counterpoint they're getting kicked off of platforms they're getting banned they're getting censored and so i i think we're a lot of outlets we're seeing only one position we're not seeing you know the other side of it so right and and so people just they don't even I think a lot of people are just aren't even aware that what they're being told is wrong because you've got the story that's negative and then you've got the comments that are also negative because they're they're it's just a certain line it's the only thing you're allowed to say. Well, I mean, we should expect this sort of stupidity from Europe. They are one of the most heavily regulated uh, plots of land on the on the planet, right? Like there's yeah. all kinds of dumb regulations and government programs in Europe. So if they move forward with this. We should point out, it is not going to hurt, uh, kill or hurt Bitcoin. All it's going to do is hurt those companies that set up mining operations within Europe. And I feel bad for them uh, that that happens to them. But Bitcoin ain't going down I mean, because of Europe. <laughs> this, is, this is what happens when, 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 they, when, com- when countries do this. Because we've already seen it with China. They just hop to another location. That's right. And in many cases, it's actually cheaper to operate somewhere else because they're, they're, they're still finding cheaper like sources of electricity, right? Didn't the U.S. become the number one mining location after China? Yeah, I think illegal. most of the mining rigs got mm-hmm. uh, shipped to the United States, but there are also other places. I think, like I want to say, Sweden and Iceland, some certain other countries mm-hmm. that also have uh, an abundance of renewable electricity. Right. Wherever and the those cheapest are the, power right, is, and is those where are going. Well, that's usually where the cheapest power is. So yeah. maybe that's why Sweden is chosen to be the one cutting down or coming down on uh, Bitcoin first in Europe uh, because the they like the governments together decided, oh, it's cheap to. My Bitcoin there, and from what you're saying, it sounds like people like to do it there. So, well, they haven't outlawed it yet, right? Like it's just a proposal, right? It's not even really that. It's well, an first, open. This is what this is basically an open letter by the regulator. So they're, they're yeah, definitely going to they convince something. people. They got to change the opinion. Yeah, the, the general. And you know, something else I want to point out about Europe is that Europe. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anybody here has been to Europe recently. I've never been. Um, never been. But um, yeah, I, I have. I haven't been super recently, but like. I don't know, two or three years ago, mm-hmm. just before COVID, probably. Where'd you go? Um, I was in Belgium oh. uh, and the United 
Kingdom and Amsterdam, I believe. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I went through these different countries and I found the U.S. news outlets being censored in the U.K. Mm. Um, and, you know, Belgium and, and where and I, well, by censored, you mean it's not available online? It's or? the entire news outlet is unavailable online. Mm. Well, and, it's GDPR in a lot of cases. Right, are, right. And it's not per se Europe that's censoring it. It's the, self, well, the, the companies are self-censoring yeah. because they don't want to jump through the GDPR hoops. Right, right. Anyway, the point that I, I, I'm sorry. So what I'm trying to get at, though, is that you are not hearing from alternative outlets because they can't comply with the or the rules effectively in Europe. So I, I think it's I think it's important because if you think well, about you it, you can still get free keen over there. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I don't give a damn about that's, their stupid that's, rules. That's right. That's right. What are they going to do? That's right. Um, but one of the one of the things what, the point extradite me. Right. But <laughs> one of the reasons one of the reasons this is kind of important is because Europe has it, it leans a certain way already. Right. Yeah. So you're not going Statist. to. Yeah, certainly. Um, but you're not going to get news within Europe. And if the if the country if they if the news outlets outside of Europe are banned in Europe, mm. it, even if it's through indirectly through things like the GDPR that companies don't want to comply with outside of Europe, it's still negatively impacting your kind of world perspective. You but know what I mean? Listeners that don't know what the GDPR is. You know how you go to these websites and it makes you click accept on cookies like every time now you have to every time you go to a website for the first time you have to click a stupid accept button in order to see the whole page. That's the GDPR. That's the European legislation that went into play like what three years two years ago something like that and all these companies decided they were going to play ball so now they have to put these stupid notices all over their website. Really obnoxious. I think we're one of the few companies that don't do that. I don't do it. 603-283-6160 We got more coming up here about the potential ban on Bitcoin mining in Europe. This is Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com about a uh, regulator or somebody in Sweden who has sent sent some sort of an open letter to the EU government gang demanding that Bitcoin mining be banned from all of Europe. And we're going to continue with that discussion. Your calls and thoughts are certainly welcome. And again, the number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, Hillary Clinton also on the attack against Bitcoin. I mean, they... When you got Hillary Clinton attacking you, you know you're doing something right. So we'll yeah, talk- an evil monster. Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> on the way here. Uh, but Chris, was there more to this story from the EU news source that you were sharing with us? I mean, there, there's certainly you more. To share? Um, I, I think that's yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much covers it though. I, I mean, it. they're they're uh, it's it's, a, it's basically they're they're covering up. Uh, 
you know, <laughs> or they're trying to use the environment as a cover for the real sure. reason that they're attacking, you know, Bitcoin, and which is that cryptocurrency like Bitcoin can absolutely undermine the existing monetary system. Right. And and they, of course, you know, it's bureaucrats. They want more power right. and you're basically they're going to be out of a job if they don't oppose this. Right. And if you don't believe me. Take Hillary's word for it. Here's what she had to say about it. According to news.bitcoin.com, former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has called on the Biden administration to regulate cryptocurrency markets. She warned that countries like Russia or China, as well as non-state actors, could manipulate all kinds of technology to their advantage and destabilize countries, as well as the dollar as the world's reserve currency. Well, it's not usually uh, the left that fear mongers about China. I I, want to know how this is a bad thing. I mean, all you're doing is you're enabling the United States government to control every country and print money and spend it on wars and all sorts of stuff. And the United States is already, uh, you know, printing so much money that they're under undermining the world economy. So I don't know. This doesn't this doesn't necessarily sound like a bad thing to me. Well, of course. I mean, it's only bad to people like Hillary Clinton. She's, uh, of course, the former Democratic presidential candidate. She spoke in an interview with MSNBC this week, elaborated. So the last quote we played from her was her on a stage at like a Bloomberg conference. So this is a different interview uh, with her. She elaborated on her crypto statement from last week and warned that the technology may be manipulated by countries like China and Russia to undermine the United States. But isn't that kind of what's great about it? Everybody can manipulate it, right? Like it's not, but I it mean, can't be manipulated, degree, right? really. I mean, it's I mean, it's code. I mean, it can, you can, you know, when you buy it, right? Even when you, even when you buy it, or, well, not you, Ian, because you're not allowed to buy it. But You mean like affect it <laughs> instead I, of manipulate it? When I buy it, right? Um, it affects it, right? It, and that's kind of, that's kind of how, you know, that, that's kind of the way it should be, right? So, I don't know. I, it, it I don't know. I think I think and and here's the thing: the larger it grows, the bigger it gets, the less it is manipulatable uh, by any particular individual, right? That's true. So it's the degree in which any country can manipulate it gets smaller and smaller by the day as it grows. Yeah, it grows every single day. Whether the price of Bitcoin goes up or down, the market cap's always getting bigger. Well, not necessarily. If the price goes down, the market cap goes down. Oh well, wait. Uh, what, so the what's the other cap, word I'm thinking of? Just all the Bitcoin in circulation. The the demand the number of bitcoin in circulation does go up over time if you don't factor in the fact that people lose bitcoins and, and yeah. like, like get locked out of wallets and things like that so some would argue that bitcoin is actually deflationary because a lot of it does get lost so it may not actually well like we're never probably going to have 21 million bitcoin in actual circulation it it may only be 16 million or something after a bunch of right. it gets lost and you know somebody dies and their keys get they're gone forever no one can get back into that crypto crypto uh, but uh, the number of bitcoin users is likely going up that much is probably true well, which is the demand so the, yeah. there's more demand and for, it's, for and it. it's likely that the the you know the price is going to rise as demand continues to rise more more bitcoins are mined every single day they don't just That's you true. know every 10 minutes they don't get used up and disappear or anything unless somebody loses them correct yep that's right uh, but the uh, the market cap the definition of that, and right now we can pull up the the current market cap here of of cryptocurrency. But the uh, the the coinmarketcap.com or coingecko.com, I always have it there at the top of the page. Current market cap of all of crypto is over two point four trillion dollars. The current market cap of Bitcoin itself 
is over one trillion. So Bitcoin right now, because it's down a little bit from where it was a couple weeks ago, it's still over a trillion dollars market cap. And the way you get that number is you take the current price of one Bitcoin and you multiply it by the total number of Bitcoins. You know, it's it's funny when people talk about like trillions of dollars. A trillion dollars is a lot of money, but it's it's actually not like like if you start looking at things, compare it against things like the the U.S. debt. It's actually oh, it's, yeah, and or the world's uh, supply of like money in general. It's right. actually really really tiny. It's pretty small. Still, it's got it, a it does long make ways Bitcoin to grow. One of the top ten corporations. If it's not Bitcoin, that's true. not a corporation. But right, right, if right. you compare it to like Tesla and yep. you know Apple and it it earlier this year had beaten i believe tesla mm. i think tesla might have taken it back now that it's down a little bit but nonetheless it's interesting to look at those uh, those numbers so hillary she elaborated saying the need quote the need to regulate the cryptocurrency markets it's on the horizon that people are only beginning to pay attention to Imagine, she said, the combination of social media, the algorithms that drive social media, the amassing of even larger sums of money <laughs> through the control of certain cryptocurrency chains, she said. This is fear-mongering oh, <laughs> at <his> best. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I just don't think we have much time. Now, that's an interesting statement. Time for nice. what? Like, to get to regulating, to get to controlling this thing before it gets completely to destroy <laughs> their it's system. it's successful. It's working. Yay. Yeah, that's what she's worried about. Oh, man. She says, I just don't think we have that much time. And therefore, I hope from everything I'm hearing from them that that's exactly what they're going to try to do. She's referring to the Biden administration. Mm. The former Secretary of State further noted, quote, We certainly need new rules for the information age because our current laws are framework. It's just not adequate for what we are facing. Yeah, they're trying to just use old laws that have to do with fiat currency and just apply them to crypto. It doesn't work yes, like that. It's look, a different system and they can't understand something like that. If you're afraid of crypto, don't jump on the bang don't just don't don't jump on the bandwagon, right? Like I mean, you I don't think people should be afraid of crypto, but you know, or if you are afraid of crypto, jump on, but jump, get on, you know, with a Take smaller a amount. Step. Right. Baby steps. Educate smaller yourself. Amount of money. Yeah. You right. don't you don't just go and um invest in fiat money in the bank without educating yourself on it. I mean I mean most people don't invest in fiat. You start learning uh about well, they, they how they to put, use it. But they do put money into a bank, right? And, and they do trust it. Yeah. Yeah, they right. trust it. And they yeah. they shouldn't. They shouldn't necessarily trust it. And, and the thing is Jack squat for an interest rate. When you yeah like are a kid you start to learn about how it works like how money supposedly works as in the fiat system teach you well also school no i just mean like they teach you like Mm. oh a quarter is worth this much and this is worth this much they don't teach you the important stuff but the thing is those basics um are taught to you from your whole childhood that doesn't make it more simple than cryptocurrency cryptocurrency is simpler to learn it does take some time though bonnie i mean there's there's some new concepts that people have to only because it's new is what i'm saying i'm saying if everybody just knew about it since they were a kid they wouldn't never think that it's oh this is so much more complicated than uh you know the old system i I think when people i think part of the problem is that people when they try to explain cryptocurrency they overcomplicate it and like yeah you've got technical people who understand it well and then they're they're Thinking, good communicators right. and they think they think that somebody's asking right they're terrible like with communication the engineer right? in the marketing department right that's right and that's plan. exactly what it is it's like you don't explain how it works like from a mathematical perspective <laughs> right you show them the app you show them how to install it and then you show them doing a, a conducting transaction that's what they want to know exactly Not 
how the math works behind this. If you were explaining to an alien how the dollar works, you wouldn't be like, so there's this thing called the U.S. Uh, Treasury, and then there's the Federal Reserve. You wouldn't start it's doing confusing. all that. Yeah, you wouldn't start right. there. You would just be like, oh, this is dollar. Um, it's worth about a candy it. bar. Yeah, yep. you know. Uh, 603-283-6160 is the number here. There's one more quote from Clinton, the biggie. The big quote from her is coming up on uh, her thoughts on cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and what it could possibly do to their system. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Hillary Clinton on the attack again against cryptocurrency. It's very interesting that somebody as highly influential in the government gang, even though she doesn't technically work for them, I don't think at this time. But I thought she just had a different role. Did they put her in somewhere? I I don't know. I I know she used to be the Secretary of State, but I don't think I, she is at this time. No, she's not. I'm pretty sure she doesn't have that role, but I thought she had a different role. Like, I don't know what, but... I don't think she is at the moment. I you might, you might be right. If I'm wrong about that, feel free to call in. Again, yeah. like, I don't pay attention to the who's who. In, I don't either. In DC, um, so. I just thought she went from like secretary of state to something else i think she's just on the speaking tour you know like cashing in hundred thousand dollar speaking engagement uh, maybe or whatever isn't she like the ward not warden she's like the duke of some school in england now uh, i'm gonna have to look it up and see we we'll see what what roles or position she has it's probably like honorary or something uh, like that i suspect she's not actually like working in that uh, in that position uh, so the number here is 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Chris in the studio tonight. I uh, do want to let you know about the BitBox, by the way. We're going to be doing a BitBox giveaway coming up Monday night. We've got the Freer Talk Live uh, after show that we're going to do. We're going to give uh, one BitBox away. We're going to do a drawing of somebody who has entered this contest, and you have until Sunday to enter this contest. And here's how you do it. The BitBox, by the way, is a 100% open source hardware wallet so if you've got bitcoin or ethereum you want to look into the bitbox as a way to store your cryptocurrency in a a safe manner head over to video.freetalklive.com and subscribe to our odyssey channel if you haven't done that yet now once you've subscribed to odyssey take a screenshot to prove that you've done so and then post that screenshot and tag aria at aria on our social media platform over at social.freetalklive.com. Then Aria will uh, add your name into the running, and then we will be, again, drawing the winner coming up Monday night on Freer Talk Live. We usually start Freer Talk Live around 10.30 Eastern time, so you can join us on our various different video streams. But, of course, the most important one is the Odyssey stream at video.freetalklive.com. Now, if you want, just want to go right ahead and buy a BitBox, we can save you 5% when you use code FTL, like Free Talk Live. So head over to box.freetalklive.com and check out the BitBox there. Again, 100% open source hardware wallet at box.freetalklive.com, the BitBox. So here's the biggie. Here's the big quote from Hillary Clinton, who admits in her interview with MSNBC, this news report by news.bitcoin.com, she admits she doesn't think, she's quote, I don't think we have much time. <laughs> what does that mean? Is she actually admitting that the system is going to fail? That they are desperate to do something about cryptocurrency? That she sees that cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash is providing people with a way out from the government money system? And she's scared about that? Is that what that means? Well, here's her final quote. Quote, 
what looks like a very interesting and somewhat exotic effort to literally mine new coins in order to trade with them has the potential for undermining currencies, for undermining the role of the dollar as a reserve currency, for destabilizing nations, perhaps starting with small ones, but going much larger. She said, "I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't even. Like, what does, what does she mean by destabilizing nations? I don't like, know, but it sounds great. That's what she I means. Mean, nations I, I, it is does sound great but, for governments. Yeah, nations means governments, absolutely. right? But like, I mean, okay, so not all governments, I mean, have their own currencies as it is, no, right? And that's so, why El Salvador is going to be just fine. Right? <laughs> like, you know, they're not going to be undermined by Bitcoin. So, so if if a if a country is if their currency is undermined and it's no longer worth anything, I guess if that's what that means, right? I think so. Then they don't exist anymore. I mean, El Salvador clearly still exists, right? Well, because yes. you so don't do plenty understand. Of other countries that, yeah. She's saying nations, but she means the government goons that try to control the nations. The but people he, would still even, exist. The people would trade, and but, but even the government goons don't go away. Again, look at El Salvador. Well, their still power there. would go away. Their power, yeah. Bonnie's right about this. The power would go away if some the of it. dollar dies. No, the re- one of the reasons some of like the majority of it would because I mean not in El Sa- I mean not in El Salvador because it's not their currency. How would they I'm pay the cops? The United States. Yeah. Without- in, I agree with you on the United States. Certainly, right. If the dollar collapsed, you know how would they pay the cops or whatever currency other countries have? If it collapsed, how would they pay their cops? Remember, the reason why the dollar makes them more powerful is because they can print it. Right. Right. They, 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 they create inflation. Force, right. Yeah, and they can force people to use it. Right. Well, now there's an alternative. Right. And the alternative before was, oh, well, you could buy the euro. Well, that's no good because they're printing that too. Right. right? So you, buying other government monies was not an alternative. I mean, it's only going to – and it's funny because it would, it would have an impact maybe like – you know a little bit they can't go to war without the dollar right 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 and it's it, but it's funny because it's like in certain instances it might actually have a larger impact like for example in venezuela if you switch from you know their native currency to the dollar you have a huge beneficial impact to yourself right um, sure as long as the dollar isn't in hyperinflation right right exactly <laughs> but that's the thing but most is- currencies like between the u.s dollar and the euro it's not going to make any difference Right. So the reason why she's afraid is because if people start to opt out of their dollar and opt into cryptocurrency and the, the dollar goes into hyperinflation and then people are really looking to get out right. of, uh, of the dollar, then their whole system comes down. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're not wrong, Chris, that the state will still exist in some form, but it ain't going to be the hegemonic, massive U.S. government running you know, military bases all around the planet. They're going to have to close those military bases. They're going to have to bring those people home. They're going to have to downsize dramatically if they can't rely on the printing press. Because if you can't just print the money, then they have to tax people. Yeah, it's and you know what's interesting is it, this would have a huge benefit. If we the more countries that we could get, like the more the more we could spread Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general, the more it kind of undermines all governments, right? Yes, like that's what to she do just war, said. basically. Yeah, that's and what she said. So she's basically coming out as a pro-war. Uh, she's always been yeah. pro-war. Yeah, pro-war monger, I guess. That's, I mean, but that's who she, she is. Yeah, she's yeah. being more obvious about it. Of course, she's never come out and say I'm pro-war. She just says something like, "Oh, well, in this case, we need to go into Syria because yeah, yeah. Um, oh, protecting yeah. these people." But now you're right, Chris. How is she even hiding it? Yeah, I mean, not. it's disgusting. Um, I think I think and you know what's interesting about this is I think we're probably the only people who have like made the, these connections to like any kind of radio personalities, right? 
Probably. Yeah. These connections, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. here's another interesting... And it's kind of obvious, but it's like nobody ever makes the connections. Here's an interesting tie-in uh, story from news.bitcoin.com as well. Same uh, same news source. Kevin Helms writing uh, from yesterday, Mexico's third richest man is telling people to buy Bitcoin as soon as they can. Mm. And further, it says the U.S. is looking increasingly like a third world country. Now, you want to talk about somebody telling it like it is. His mm. name is Ricardo Salinas Pliego. And he is commenting on the U.S. economy and Bitcoin this week. He's the founder and chairman of Grupo Salinas, a company, a group of companies with interest in telecommunications, media, financial services, and retail stores. According to Forbes' list of billionaires, his net worth is currently $14.2 billion. This guy is no slouch as far as his personal wealth is concerned. $14 billion. So he knows a thing or two about money, right? He tweeted a weekly chart of the total value of the Federal Reserve's assets, which was updated November 18th. It shows the total assets of the Federal Reserve Bank as more than $8.6 trillion. He tweeted out, quote, Good old USA is looking more and more like any other irresponsible third world country. Wow, look at the scale of fake mm. money creation. Buy Bitcoin right now. Heck is what, yeah. he twe- what he tweeted. Yeah. And here's what this, this chart looks like. Let me see if I can describe this to you. It's a history of going from about 2004 to 2021. So roughly the last 16 uh, or so years on this chart. It starts out with the, uh, with about just under a trillion dollars uh, worth of assets under the control of the Federal Reserve. It then jumps up a little bit in 2008 during the financial crisis. It jumps up to around just over $2 trillion. And then it kind of goes up a little bit more over the next five years to around $4 trillion, where then in 2020 it jumps from around $4.5 trillion to $7 trillion. So there's like this huge sort of cliff basically that it jumps up and now it's up to almost nine trillion dollars in the last year so this is a huge increase yeah you know what it you know what the united states looks like to me and and i i don't i think in in some respects this he may be overstating this but i think over the course of like the next 20 years we're basically where Venezuela was maybe in 2000, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much that it has to go in that direction, but if we continue to go in the direction that it's currently going in, we're going to be Venezuela in 20 years. Well, why would they slow it down? Why would they change I, I, their course? I don't know. I mean, people wake up and they yeah. see, they see the, see, see that socialism doesn't work. I the don't know. Thing, I mean, uh, the, the only problem with, with what you're saying is it won't get to a socialist country, but in 20 years, because crypto is just going to make that obsolete. We're not going to like, people will realize, Oh, I, I don't so. need this 20, hegemonic, uh, you know, I mean, entity that's when, controlling every part of our lives. Here's the question. When do you guys think that the United States government is going to start nationalizing companies? Ooh, that's a, uh, that's what comes question. next. That's certainly a socialist, uh, definitely trick. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The other question is, when will New Hampshire secede or Texas or California or, you know, fill in the blank? Who's going to go first and when's that going to happen? Hour three is on the way. You can join us. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. 
thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live It's Free Talk Live We're kicking off the third hour of the program The number is 603-283-6160 That's 603-283-6160 The third richest man in Mexico Says the U.S. Is looking increasingly like a third world country when you look at the money policies of the United States and the Federal Reserve. And, you know, he should know, right? Like, he lives in Mexico, which I don't know if that's considered a it's, third world country. It, you but. know, I, I thought it was. I went to Mexico. I, I mean, yeah. I live in Mexico, but I, I traveled through Mexico and not even like the good parts. Mm-hmm. And um, I would have sworn that it was a third world country. And I once had somebody correct me. And they were 100% right. Mexico is not a not third, third world, world country. Yeah, but... Um, like it, second world? Is that a thing? It, it's somewhere in between, but it's yeah. not third world. But you would think it is if you if you actually travel through the country. It's an interesting place. I've never actually traveled through it. I've flown into uh, Acapulco and you know spent a little bit of time in Mexico City's airports. So travel, really qual- yeah, travel outside the city mm-hmm. and or, you know or touristy areas, and, and you get to the poor towns. You will, yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got. I mean, and and here's the thing: like you'll see people with satellite dishes on their sh- like maybe shacks. You would mm-hmm. call them. Yeah. I mean, these places clearly don't have electricity. They don't have running water. Wow. I'm not sure how they're running the the satellite dishes, but it's yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So uh, Ricardo Salinas Pliego has a few things to say, and they're worth listening to. He looked at the U.S. government's Federal Reserve. And by the way, it's Ian, Bonnie, and Chris in the studio here. The Federal Reserve's own, this is their own chart. Okay. So he didn't like cobble together some numbers from somewhere. He looked at their own chart of the total number of assets under the control of the Federal Reserve, and it is now just under $9 trillion worth of assets, and that is up from just one decade ago, where it was $1 trillion. And less than a year ago, it was like $4.5 trillion. So it's jumped up. It has doubled. The number of assets under the control of the Federal Reserve has doubled in the last year. And that... What, what does that exactly mean? Just that they've printed that much? No, they've printed more than that. But this is un, this is like what they have, their total assets presumably under their control. Like whatever money they're moving around to banks and whatever other, you know, I'm not an expert on the Federal Reserve. There's way more than that in circulation, obviously, right? Because I don't know what the total amount of uh, dollars in circulation is, but... The no, the amount of debt in the United States is around twenty eight, coming up on twenty nine trillion dollars. Wow! Uh, so I mean, you know, they just keep on spending and I, they keep on printing. I remember in like the nineties, it was something like two trillion, and I I was just always like amazed by that number and um especially considering how much it had grown you know like knowing what it had been previously and then what it had gone like how much it had actually grown to at that point and it's like 
if if this problem isn't solved, this is going to become a real problem. And oh, what do you know? It it actually has. It took twenty years, but it's an actual problem now. It was solved. How? What do you mean it was solved? Satoshi Nakamoto. Oh. <laughs> solved for Good the people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. They're still printing the U.S. dollar, so I'm yeah. not sure it really solves the problem for, as far as the U.S. dollar is concerned. But yeah, it, I, I, do, I know what you mean. It is yeah. a solution. It is an option for people to get into. And that's what the Mexican billionaire is, is advocating. Yeah. Uh, in the post where he points out that the U.S. government is looking like a third world country, he says, look at the scale of fake money creation buy bitcoin right now he said in his recent twitter post he apparently has been pro bitcoin for quite some time according to news.bitcoin.com in november of 2020 uh, the billionaire revealed that 10 percent of his liquid portfolio is kept in bitcoin in nice. june he announced plans for his bank to accept bitcoin oh nice quote this guy's got his hands in he a owns lot of, a bank he's got his hands nice. in a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. businesses he, he's got interests in telecommunications media financial services and retail stores and apparently he at the very least has a piece of a bank if not the whole thing that makes you think he's probably a little more honest than the average banker right he's, <laughs> he's willing to take bitcoin uh he says i recommend the use of bitcoin and me and my bank are working to be the first bank in mexico to accept bitcoin he tweeted back in june now it does make me curious which bank specifically uh on the subject of bitcoin versus gold he recommends putting money in bitcoin quote bitcoin is the new gold he said adding that it is much more portable and noted that transporting bitcoin is so much easier than having gold bars in your pockets he finally in august tweeted this quote i think bitcoin has a great future and it will change the world we yeah. will see it, you know it's interesting i i don't know i it, it, okay you can argue that bitcoin has its problems its flaws but if you start comparing it to fiat it's so so much better no fiat doubt has its flaws and they're just so much greater well, and Bitcoin is just one of thousands of cryptocurrencies. It's the number right. one. So, like, the flaws have been corrected. There are well, other alternatives yeah. that are better than Bitcoin I, te- from a technological perspective. I think there's some arguments to be made that it, it's not – It's because it, Bitcoin is not it, – it's not really backed by anything either, right? I mean, it's like dirty fiat in some ways. But there's a limited supply unlike – Well, it is backed. It's backed by the fiat. network. It's backed by the network of 10,000 plus right. last time but I that, looked in nodes. The, in, in, in some sense, it's kind of like why the U.S. dollar is worth anything, right? Um, so No, I can't say I'm with you on this one. I mean, this, I, this was my concern about Bitcoin early on, yep. but the network is very valuable. That is a backing. Bitcoin would be nothing without the network right, but behind the it. The U.S. dollar would be nothing without people using it too. I mean, it's 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 sort of the same thing. I mean, the the U.S. dollar has a network effect because everybody else is using it. Bitcoin has a network effect because everybody else is also using it. Hmm, I, um, I see what you're saying, but the dollar is you know obviously completely manipulated by the the federal government, right? And know. that's because they can print as much as they want, whereas Bitcoin, Bitcoin cannot. Can't that can't be done right, with Bitcoin? Right. And this is um, why I'm saying it's 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 as bad even with the flaws that Bitcoin might have. Mm-hmm. It's still way better than the u.s dollar but the difference i I get what you're saying but there's still the difference the network is is worth something because there's actually something there the dollar there's nothing there yes there are people accepting it but that's more of a part and parcel Mm. of the fact that it's fiat money and it's you know uh it's legal tender it's yeah they mandate things with it etc you know that's being shoved down people's throats basically 
Bitcoin, there's actually a network of computers and cards and you know graphic you know all these uh, ASICs that are out there. There's billions, literally yeah. billions of dollars worth of investment. Right, 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 right. right. I, I follow this, you because 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 you're saying that not anybody can um, create it artificially. I mean, it's. I think it's kind of what I'm saying, but yeah. Right. Dollars are just created in, out of thin air. Right, they're exactly. They're printed on paper, and the paper they're printed on ain't worth squat. Right, right. Like right. It's, it's not actually backed by anything, whereas Bitcoin well, is backed by that huge network of thousands and thousands of, of computers out there. You could take dollars, uh, physical dollars, and weave them into some type of a basket, and then they'd be worth something. <laughs> they're doing that in Venezuela, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, and they're very beautiful, actually. You can go on eBay and get uh, wa- wallets and, and purses and things like that. I'm just looking a little bit more here at uh, Ricardo Salinas Pliego. He is 66 years old. So, I mean, this guy isn't like some young buck. I mean, he's in his he's in retirement age and he gets it. Mm. You know, So you don't have to be a young person to understand and to appreciate cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. And it is not, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm too old for this. No. No, you're not too, you're not too old for this. You, if you've decided that you're too old for it, then that's your excuse to not want to learn something new. Okay, fine. Uh, then don't learn something new. But you can teach an old dog new tricks in this case. It's, you know, it's not really that hard to learn to use. No, it's, it's super easy. The, the, the more difficult part is, in for most people, I think, is actually finding somewhere that they can actually, like, spend it. Um, and at least in the real brick-and-mortar physical world, right, uh, there's certainly plenty of places you can spend it online. But, yeah. Uh, so that's the story. Uh, again, the uh, third largest uh, billionaire, the third largest person as far as money, money is concerned in Mexico is telling people, go get Bitcoin. Because the sooner you can get involved in cryptocurrency, the better off likely you will be as governments all around the world. Remember, it's not just the American government that's printing money. All of the governments with central banks are currently printing money. They always have been, and they're all ramp- ramping it up. All of them are ramping up the uh, the amounts that they're printing. There's trillions upon trillions of dollars globally Dozens of trillions of dollars that are being printed by these governments. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the new variant. Have you heard about this? The new Omicron COVID variant? I've heard almost nothing. Well, you're going to hear a lot more about it because this is the new fear factor coming up in the holiday season. And Joe Biden has now taken a page out of the Trump playbook and banned travel from several different countries as a result of this new variant of COVID-19. We'll tell you about it coming up here, 603-283-6160. You can join us, share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, open phones. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio with you, it's Ian. Bonnie. And Chris. And you can bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We've been talking about a lot about cryptocurrency tonight and the threat that it is to the status quo, to the politicians all around the planet with, I guess, the exception of El Salvador, where they're actually embracing Bitcoin, which is very unusual. And I think, as I said earlier, we're going to start seeing other countries 
uh, emulate that, especially as it turns out to likely be a good plan for the El Salvadoran I, government. I would think particularly poorer countries yes. would be very much on top of... They're the ones motivated. Of, right. I mean, a lot of these countries are that are poor and small and you know they're using... Uh, not. I mean, a lot of them do have their own currencies, but a lot of them are using other other countries currencies so they they've got not they've got no disincentive to moving to crypto yeah so if you want to weigh in on that you can i know bonnie you had something before we get into this story about the covid19 new variant the omicron variant which you're likely already hearing about if you're listening to any sort of news out there uh seeing social media posts etc the people who are afraid are afraid, and the people like us who you know are skeptical are skeptical. Uh, but uh, you've got a quote from nobody. You're introducing a new segment, a new feature here on Free Talk Live, Bonnie. What is it? It's going to be nobody quote of the show or quote of the day. Nice. And this is a, a previous quote from nobody. Since he's not allowed to be on the radio under the ridiculous bail conditions uh, that have been foisted upon him in the Crypto 6 case, which you can learn more about at thecrypto6.com. Uh, he's not allowed to, sad, sadly, not allowed to sit here or not allowed to even call in uh, to be on with us. Even though he could call in from jail, there was no problem with <laughs> right. him calling from jail and expressing himself. Uh, but now, now that he's out, he's not allowed to be on the radio, be interviewed on television, and it, depending on how you interpret, yeah, these it depends on how you interpret it. But yes, yeah, certainly, it's it's they're broad enough where they're going to probably make that argument. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that the fans miss having nobody on the show. I know he misses misses being here, and I know he misses being on the show as well. Um, he is just somebody who has so much going on in his brain because he's so smart. He just you know has to output it somewhere, right? And that's why he's great on the show. And um, this quote that I have from him is actually from his newsletter. That uh. um, if you want to be subscribed to the newsletter, all you have to do is email me, Bonnie at freetalklive.com. You can get subscribed to the newsletter that is way. Is he allowed to have a newsletter now? <laughs> Wait, he wasn't allowed to? I mean, well, I mean, well, he, he had a newsletter while he was in jail. This is a good question. This is I, a this is a we don't know because I, it's, a, it's yeah. the the conditions are very broad in nature, so it's not it's very unclear what isn't isn't allowed. Well, there have only been two editions uh, issues or whatever so far. So if you email me Bonnie at Free Talk Live saying you want to subscribe, I'll send you the second edition. And if he ever comes out with another one, um, you'll be on the list. <laughs> but the thing Fair is, enough. right now he's not even working on it because he's got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Um. This issue. I mean, this quote. Nobody quote of the day is from the second issue of the newsletter. All right. The Church of the Invisible Hand newsletter. It is. And I thought it was I thought this one was great because of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. If you um have any opinions on the tri- Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I think this this is the one I've been trying to paraphrase. Um every time the Kyle Rittenhouse trial comes up, I just think it's a great way of looking at things. Nobody says. The solution to the differences in oppression between house slaves and field slaves was not to treat house slaves worse. The proper solution is to stop treating anybody like a slave. That means to restore the full right to keep and bear arms to all of the people, Mm. black or white, felon or otherwise. Because we are all human and we all have a human right to self-defense against corrupt cops and common criminals like. Yep, that's a good one. And of course, nobody is a felon after having been convicted of 
Uh, Victimless crime. Yeah, back when he was a uh, back when he was known as Rich Paul before he changed his name to Nobody, he was sent to jail for a year of his life for the dastardly crime of selling cannabis to voluntary adults who wanted to receive it, and the FBI got involved with that particular case and set up a, a heroin dealer. They they busted a local heroin dealer. And they got the heroin dealer to work for the oh, FBI. Interesting. I've been telling up, this story a little bit wrong. <laughs> they said it. They they set up some deals with nobody. So the yep. heroin dealer was buying marijuana from nobody, and uh, they recorded video of these transactions. And eventually, they arrested nobody, and they told him that they would go easy on him if he just wore an, a wire into the Keen Activist Center. Which was the next door uh, duplex here. We're in a duplex where we do this show, and it's the was the house next door. And he refused to wear the wire uh, because you know he's not going to do that. He's an activist. He's not on the, the side of the government. <laughs> and so heroically, he refused, even though he was facing down something like a hundred years maximum sentence for this. He took Wasn't that it risk. Like technically over 100 years even though it was, it was actually advertised? it was originally reported as 80 years and it was actually more like 100. Yeah. Uh, but he was facing, you know, multiple life sentences behind bars for this and thankfully was only sentenced to a year was found guilty, you know, he was selling the weed and mm. the the jury didn't, you know, do a jury nullification sadly on that. That was before jury nullification could be argued, wasn't it? Well, you could Hmm. It wasn't federal, so it's a lot harder to argue jury nullification in federal court than it is in state court. Wait, this was in federal court? I thought it was in state court. No, it was, it was in state court. Right, so in state saying. court, you, now you, you can, can argue jury nullification in You could still bring it up. You could still bring it up. Even then, you could bring yeah, it up. Yeah, you could, you could do that. Was it brought up then in court? Mm, I believe it was. Oh, it was. If I recall correctly, okay. it was. Uh, the video, I believe, is still on the Freaking well, YouTube channel if anybody and wants to watch it. It, it was a jury trial? Yes, it was. Okay. And yeah. this is one of the problems with jury trials is you never know what you're going to get. Nope. You really yeah. don't. And so sadly, he had to go to jail for that. And it, he's had a difficult time since then because, you know, when you put somebody in a prison cell for a year, they lose their job. They lose their, you know, their home. And it's been a it's been a struggle for him. And now to add even more difficulty to his life, the federal government is th- is potentially going to put him in prison for a uh, an even longer term. Hmm. Well, when he wrote this, he did... Uh, specify that he was talking about nonviolent felons. Oh, he's, okay. He's a felon. He's a nonviolent well, felon. Well, I think all felons uh, should have their right to uh, self-defense back. If they have served their time, quote-unquote, yeah. right? Like, okay, you committed a violent offense, you went to prison, you have a restitution, or whatever it is the sentence was, once you're completed with the sentence... You should be able to defend yourself. If you have a family, you should be able to defend your family. Mark Edge, our co-host, is one of these people. He went to prison for committing murder, and he didn't commit a murder, but that's what he went to prison for, and he can't defend his family. The one Mm. thing that always bothers me with, with, you know, he's saying that nonviolent, or I'm sorry, violent offenders shouldn't be allowed to, like, carry a gun or weapon or whatever, is also that a lot of your violent offenders are, like, they're not, like, serial offenders, and they're not repeat offenders. So it might make sense for somebody who's a repeat violent offender to not have a gun, but in a lot of cases, it's that's not the situation. They're just they're they're convicted of a crime because they, they made happened. a bad decision or they, whatever. Right, and yeah. the decision wasn't even necessarily as bad as it it, it sounds because you might have been convicted of uh, murder or whatnot or conspire conspiracy to murder, but you didn't know that the murder was going to happen until you were in a position where you had no choice but to go along with the murder. The number, so, if you want to join us here, six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You weigh in on felonies. 
right to bear arms, whatever's on your mind here, take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. This is Free Talk Live. Open your phones if you want to join us. Maybe you want to weigh in on something we've already discussed, or you want to comment on the new variant of COVID 19, the one they're now calling. Omicron, and that is getting a lot of news coverage. In fact, now Biden is banning people from traveling here from seven different countries, apparently. South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Eswatini, which I've never even heard of, Lesotho, Malawi, Mozambique, and Namibia. These are all African nations, and we'll talk about a little bit more about what's going on and why it is the media is not calling Biden a racist for this? Because they certainly called Trump a racist when he did the exact same thing in 2020 uh, when he banned Middle Eastern countries uh, folks from coming here. But let's go first to your calls and thoughts. Rob is on the line in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Rob. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's on your mind? So you guys were talking about, you know, felons and you know, what they should have and what they can't have and stuff like that. Sure. But, you know, I feel like I've called in and I've talked about this a couple of months ago where I'm a real big fan of the of the Innocence Project. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like the last time that I brought this up, there's just more people just that are being exonerated. We're talking people that have have been sent away for 20, 30, 40 years of their life. Yeah, it's really sad. It's completely gone. And these people get exonerated, and they get nothing. I mean, even all the money in the world can't bring back all that. Nope. Time time's gone. Taken away from you. You know, and again, I know I'm sure I brought this up before, but why doesn't New Hampshire have a conviction integrity unit? Not a review unit, but an integrity unit. Two different things. Because the politicians don't have integrity. What's, How could they do that? I mean, state. It has <laughs> okay, what's the difference between a review and an integrity unit? What, what, like, what, what, is, what is the thing that makes it different? Because a review is just going over the, oh, going over the person's case. Oh, you mean looking at the evidence that's already been looked at? An integrity unit is they look at the whole thing, not only the defendant, but also the investigation, the police, everyone that's involved. Well, does something like that exist anywhere? Yes. Where? Really? There's There's all kinds of them in New York. They have all kinds of them in Massachusetts. But is it doing any good? I mean, they're... <laughs> yeah, as far yeah. as I've heard, there's like millions, or not millions, but thousands of people just in New York City who are 
locked up for like marijuana. Well, I mean, it's not only just cannabis, but we're talking about people that have been convicted of murder charges. I guess my definition of integrity and the government's is just so different. I wouldn't put somebody in a cage for deciding they wanted to smoke a plant. So I don't know. It's this is this is something that some more serious offenses that they do this with, probably right. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of different offenses that you know people could be charged with. I just don't think whether or not that you know that there was complete honesty in this. I mean. It seems like it's pretty easy to get railroaded by the system. Well, exactly. I mean, look at <laughs> look at the two guys that it's got like ninety nine percent of cases for killing uh, do, uh Doctor what is it Doctor Luther King? My Luther King was it? No, Ma- it was Malcolm, Mar- X. Malcolm X. Yeah, Malcolm X. Rather, all them years that them guys spent in prison, and then all of them years that they waited just to get exonerated. Well, that's a problem with the system. The thing is, you can't just uh, fix something like that by implementing new parts to the system. You get rid of the system. It's never, um, in, you know, integrity-based to put somebody in a cage. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that this is a... <laughs> that I'm not going to say that the existing conviction integrity units are necessarily bad if they have indeed helped people get out of prison. I mean, that's that's like one of the least offensive things that a government office could do, right? So, and according to... The Montana government, and Rob, thanks for the call. I appreciate you bringing this to our attention here tonight. Always like hearing about the Innocence Project. They're a good one. Yeah, Uh, definitely. According to the Montana government's website, there, as of 2015, so number's a little old, uh, but as of 2015, there were only 24 conviction integrity units in the entire United States. And that of those 24 units, go ahead and guess how many exonerations that they have produced. Uh, I presume this is just for 2015. 23. Couple hundred. I don't know. It is couple hundred, couple thousand at most. I'm gonna. I'm not sure if this is for just one year. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and say this is for one year. 58. Wow. Couldn't be more than that. I mean, Ross that's, Ulbricht is sitting in a jail. Are you one, serious? That's like one point in a prison. two or How 1.1 How small per are unit. these integrity or units two unit, two that they can, unit. they can only do a couple cases a year at most? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I, if they're for a whole state or just for one city or what. This is like having, you know, the cops do their own investigations on what the cops did. It just doesn't make any sense to have the government going, let's make sure this... A uh, person who was put in jail by the government was put in in you know good faith. Here's it's a, the government. Here's a specific example: the Kings County District Attorney's Conviction Review Unit in Brooklyn, New York. So this isn't a whole statewide unit. This is just for Brooklyn. Is considered a national model, according to oh, this is by the way a document from the Innocence Project. I think. Let me double check this. Yeah, this is a document to, uh, from the Innocence Project. So it incorporated all of the above best practices and produced 20 exonerations in just two years. So that's like, wow, one less than one person a month. I mean, good for that one person. Not good for the other people that are completely innocent behind bars in Brooklyn, New York. I want to know how many people are being employed to fill this this role because probably not that many. Yeah, I mean, this is this sounds like there might be one person, like uh, in a state or something like that. Well, this is in in this case not a state; it's Brooklyn, New York, just one place. 
Right, so, right, right, right. So, so but I'm yeah, still saying. Sorry, like, I missed the number. One, how many? One person is still. One person's the. Exonera- well, oh, we don't know how many people. He's he's speculating on how oh. many people might be working. Right, but, right. But you know, if it is one person, then that guy's probably working his butt no, off trying right. to get those. 20. How many were exonerated? Just twenty in a year in or two years in, in Brooklyn, years. New York. So it's like mm. ten a year. And I mean, Brooklyn, New York. You really think that there was only twenty that weren't put in? And- well, no, there must be thousands of people who've been wrongfully convicted in a place like Brooklyn. I mean, it's a humongous. Yeah, it's huge place. population. Exactly. Uh, but you know, if it's a limited amount of bureaucrats working, and of course they're bureaucrats, so they're not motivated to you know work as hard as people on the outside. I mean. It, it's hard to say, okay, we need to spend more taxpayer dollars on this when the best solution is to stop convicting peaceful people in, you know, in advance. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know what it probably needs to, what probably really needs to happen is we need to stop throwing people in jail for things like marijuana. That's exactly and what selling I'm saying. marijuana and so on. And then all of a sudden all that money really gets right. freed up because, well, you're not spending it on going after people who are, you know, committing right. so-called crimes that are have no victim and uh, when you move when you when you don't have that well then all of a sudden you can spend more time and resources on you know you know trying actual to, criminals yeah or yeah. trying to un, to get people released who are not who were wrongly convicted i guess is the best way to phrase it well um pretty soon i'm going to be trying to see what i can do in around keen to uh go to the bureaucrats and ask them what they think about decriminalization efforts in Keene and I want to just uh, get the ball rolling in other parts of New Hampshire and eventually there is a a, a bill in that's statewide more than one don't know if it's going to pass this this first time it's gotten put in but I've been thinking I think the next step if after like let's say 10 years in the future everything's decriminalized I think that the next step maybe not even 10 years maybe five maybe two mm-hmm. um, the next step needs to be we need to be the first state to actually like Give people something in return for being put into jail for like somebody like nobody who was you know lost a year of his life. What what can the government give him for wrongfully doing that? I mean, yeah, that's a good question because the problem is then it's you're asking the taxpayers to pay for it, and a lot of people are going to be rubbed the wrong way. It's a by tricky that one. Yeah, six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. At least they, at the very minimum, they could you know get rid of their sentence and get rid of their convictions. More coming up. I don't want to leave the show without giving you this quote. From who? From Joe Biden. Actually, I have one from Kamala Harris as well. Because remember, do you remember in 2020 when Trump was still in office and the whole like coronavirus thing started up and Trump banned travel from like seven or eight different or six or seven or whatever different Middle Eastern nations? Was it exclusively Middle Eastern nations? I think mostly. There might have been one or two that wasn't, but do uh, you remember when that happened? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember there was a select group in a certain region that yeah. were, that were banned. In- specific countries. Yeah. Was, uh, travel was banned from specific and it, countries. And it was curious because they didn't ban it from the UK, I think. And I think UK was one of the places that was also infected. I don't remember all those details, but yeah. they accused the people in the media accused Trump of being a racist because he banned people from the Middle East. And now Joe Biden, according to NPR, 
has banned people from traveling into the United States from South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Eswatini, Lesotho, Malawi, Mozambique, and Namibia. African nations. Is the mainstream media in the United States going to accuse him of being a racist? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say no. No, they won't. In fact, are they going to bring up what Joe Biden actually said on Twitter at the time when he was running for office against Donald Trump? Is that when he said that uh, black people don't know how to use the Internet? No, but he has said oh, that. wow. Uh, and I think it was like minorities or something don't know how to use the Internet or something. He said he, they don't know how to get online. Yeah, that was later on. No, this was specifically about coronavirus. He tweeted on the, um, the 12th of March of 2020, quote, a wall will not stop the coronavirus. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world will not stop it. The disease could impact every nation and any person on the planet, and we need a plan to combat it. So Joe Biden saying on Twitter, banning travel will not stop coronavirus. But what did he do? He banned travel. So, so you know what's humorous about this is that they did not ban travel for everybody. They banned non-residents from traveling, as I understand it. What are you talking or, about right or, now? I'm sorry, non non yeah, non residents. So if you're a resident if of the United American, States, you can come back. You can you can travel, you can go to and fro freely. Correct. But if you're if you're not, then you can't from these countries that what are is that, how will that help and, a disease not spread? That doesn't even right, make sense. Right. Well, that's, only Americans. That's exactly can't get the point it. that I'm making. <laughs> yeah. Is it doesn't it's it's just basically a racist thing that they're doing for no reason Weird. and it has nothing to do with actually tra- stopping the spread of uh, Maybe corona. They're just trying to punish uh Africa because Africa doesn't want to take the shots um, largely. Kamala Harris, here's a tweet from her back in February of 2020. She said, Trump's extended un-American travel ban undermines our nation's core values. It is clearly driven by hate, not security. So both of these people, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, spoke out against. She even went so far as to call it un-American and undermining our core values. And I now mean, they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of probably a true true statement. But at the same time, it's exactly what that... Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what Joe is doing now. Exactly. So. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. First up, he's Major Payne uh, on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Major Payne. Hey, peace, my brothers. What's on your mind? Bonnie, I thought that was your sugar soft voice. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yep, it's um, me. Yep, yep. Anyway, remember last night I called in and we was discussing my various federal incarcerations. I was it was only eight months, but they bounced me to four different facilities. Wow! They never want you to get any comfort. Right? I always want to keep you rattled, right? But uh, there was one that I finally landed in towards the end of my stint that I was able to get to a law library. And they wouldn't let you take anything but pencil and paper, and you couldn't take no books out to go back to your cell and, you know, do a little research or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I managed to dig up enough info to process a paper to present to the court where I wanted hybrid representation or, or something to that effect. I can't recollect the exact last word. But basically what that did is that put me second chair of the lawyer. And I actually had a dog in the fight, or could be the dog in the fight. But, of course, it was uh, deemed, uh, you know, what do they call it when they won't accept your 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 whatever you want to call it. So they threw my firewood in the fire. and mm. uh, But that did end up where they passed a thing out there. I don't, and I'm assuming it's federal, because it, being that it was a state, it was still a federal court, that uh, 
they no longer allow the inmates access to the federal law library. Oh, oh really? I've heard this. So, yeah. The, yeah, the best. Yeah, and I was the one that instituted that pissing match. Right. Well, I, I am major pain. So, and I will be major pain. So this is a federal but, rule that now, if you're an inmate in a in a uh, jail, you can't. Yeah, they access- will no longer give you access to the law library. Wow. So the best thing you can do for anybody that's federally incarcerated is send them uh, a book of Blackstone's Law. And that's what most of the English common law is based upon. I mean, I mean, that sounds one book. That is the bomb. That sounds so unconstitutional. I, I believe really that. Yeah. I believe the uh, the excuse on that one was the coronavirus. Oh, let's say COVID. Thank yep. you, yep. Major Payne, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And yeah, I mean, COVID has definitely had an effect on the. I mean, there's not a whole lot of freedoms that you well, have in jail, but they made it even worse. Excuse yeah. is, is what it that's is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that in uh, Manchester. I think somebody called in and told us that's actually on the show that in Manchester there's a really bad jail um, called Valley Street. Oh yeah, that's and right. Yeah, right that's now notorious. they're not allowing people to have books, pencil, paper, coloring. Uh, pencils or anything just because of the coronavirus somebody needs to sue that's them. absolutely crazy well how can you you're, you're denied the the materials that you need in order to write the stuff up to send to the judge to get well, a that's get so, a hearing. so insanely a bad needs to go in, in there and talk to them and you know yeah sue. uh david you're on free talk live but the problem is most attorneys don't care about you know those people because no, they don't not. have money to pay them right uh, but <laughs> that's david, why they're in a cage yeah go ahead with your thoughts in new mexico conviction integrity but first of all uh there's something you're overlooking about south africa south africa is well let me slam it this way uh yeah it's racist what they're doing it's racist against white people south africa was uh, a white controlled nation If, if you remember apartheid that whole thing um which is kind of a misnomer uh but what what uh what they're doing with South Africa being a, a white-controlled first-world nation, or at least it was, um, is using that as an experiment on how to destroy the other predominantly white first-world nations, it's... South Africa be- being the easiest one because it's the smallest and least powerful. And, and if you've noticed, if you watched the news over the past number of years, the the black population is basically smashing and destroying and eliminating the white power structure there and taking over a a country that was never theirs to begin with. It was formed by white people in an unoccupied area of the continent of Africa, and then the black people moved in with the white people. And now, and communists, including communist China, is greatly involved and. I suspect that the powers that be worldwide and here in the U.S. are, this may be part of of putting the final nails in the coffin of South Africa. And one thing also is that there are many South Africans that are literally refugees trying to escape South Africa to other places in the world, including the United States, and they have difficulty getting the travel documents to leave South Africa Mm. to come here, and they're literally being murdered. Like if you Google South Africa farm murders, 
if you Google that kind of thing, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. There's a ton and so of I violence suspect- in South Africa. It's an incredibly yep. dangerous place uh, to live. But, you know, just to be clear, uh, they've also banned like six or seven other South African area nations, including everything bordering South Africa as well. Right. But you're saying but, that that's just a but, cover? But yeah, that's what that's what comes to mind immediately for me. And those other surrounding countries were also white colonies, white colonial colonial like Rhodesia, which is now what Zimbabwe. They 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 have pretty much done in the white people in those other countries over the past few decades. In South Africa, is the final re- remaining one basically? I, I don't, I've I, never heard this. Yeah, claim. I've never heard there, any of this. So. Yeah, there's there's one thing I, I I'm pretty sure you're mistaken about. I don't believe uh, South Africa is majority white. I think it's majority black. And the whites used uh, were just they controlled it through authoritarianship, basically. Yeah, and, I, mean, I don't uh, think you can say that because the there were like English colonists that moved into yeah. these places that they belonged to them or anything. Yeah, like that. Yeah, and there, there was definitely a native population in South Africa. We don't have uh, time for any uh, more. Thank you, David, for the call tonight. Out of time tonight, but uh, you can always call tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Which order you going to display? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring signs into the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this office. No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make Wait, no, now. Wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you're scared me! What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at victimlesscrimespree.com. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.